me just say, <laughs> Woman on the Verge <laughs> next to How to Succeed is like the longest title ever. <laughs> Wait, can we just, can we say them together? How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying Woman on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. <laughs> Or wait, let's do it the other way. Yeah, yeah. Women on the verge of a nervous breakdown, how to succeed in business without really trying. Yeah. That way actually made more sense. How to succeed in that. business with a woman on the verge of a nervous breakdown. <laughs> Every day at work. Hello, and welcome to episode 46 of Theater Nerds. I'm your host, Rachel Jones. And I'm your other host, Taylor Reed. Theater Nerds is a podcast about our obsessions with theater, where we will explore all aspects of theater, musicals, and everything in between. This podcast is not set up to be a deep dive into technique or theater history, but we're hopeful that no matter if you're an enthusiast like us, or if you've only seen your Hanukkah's dinner production of Sister Act Jr., you'll enjoy this podcast. So cue the orchestra and come nerd out with us. In case you guys didn't know, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. That's right. You can also, and you should, leave us a star rating and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Absolutely. To find out more about the Theater Nerd Cult, check us out at theaternerdpod.com, or you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at Theater Nerd Pod and on Facebook at Theater Nerd Podcast. In today's episode, we're discussing a Tony's Rewind. Rewind Tony, 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 Tony. All right, Rachel, let's talk about all things Tony's Tony Awards. I am so ready. Taylor, I am so so ready. ready. As I showed you, I have Mm -hmm. notes. I'm very excited. But first, because it's been a minute, it's been a hot second, we should tell our our lovely (laughs) listeners. (laughs) Lovely listeners. Waiting for a bite. Um, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like this. Uh, What a Tony's Rewind is. Please, I don't know why I've never saying that before. Uh, Yeah, it has (laughs) been a minute. Uh, We were just talking BC, of course, before, or BR, excuse me, before recording. I don't know why B, I don't know why BC came in my brain. BR before recording. Um, That we have not done this in a, you uh, you guys know, know, you listeners know, we haven't done this in a while, so... We need a refresher on what the Tonys yeah. are. I think no, <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're the experts. Yeah. No, but you know, our Tony Awards are for those that don't know. If you guys are just tuning in, welcome to the show. Yeah. Uh, what are our Tonys Rewind? What is it? Yeah. So our Tony Awards Rewind. We sit back, we reflect, we uh, watch a two-hour ceremony, and we <laughs> at least, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and we um, don't skip through any boring parts at all, <laughs> <laughs> and exactly. we uh, just say, hmm, did the Tony Awards get it right at all? Was was were they right that year and this year specifically? The 2011 is what we're talking about today. But mm-hmm. uh, Rachel, please tell the listeners you know what are the tony awards specifically 
Yeah, the Tony Awards is like other award shows mm -hmm. where it is celebrating um, and giving out a variety of awards for all of the plays, musicals, and potentially other acts that were on mm -hmm. Broadway uh, and some that were regional during mm -hmm. the past season. So the Tony Awards almost always takes place in the summer, and it's for the season before leading up to that Tony Awards and the rules have changed over the course of the year of when the beginning of the season starts and when the mm -hmm. end of the season starts. Um, so you have shows from 2010 and 2011 technically represented yeah. at this Tony Awards. But the awards were founded by theater producer and director Brock Pemberton, and they were named after Antoinette or Tony Perry, who was an actress, a producer, and a theater director who was also the co-founder and secretary of the American Theater Wing. The wow, first Tony Awards, her. I know, she did it all. The first Tony Awards was held <laughs> on April 6th in 1947. And this episode, we're talking about the 65th Tony Awards in 2011. Wow. You know, it would be really awesome if, like the Kids' Choice Awards, they had slime at the time. <gasps> Honest? <laughs> Honest. You know, I was just I thinking, because we were talking about how it's similar to other award shows, and I was like, you know, it's an awesome award show, the Kids' Choice Awards. The Kids' Choice Awards. I agree. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Although Tony's is a close second. No, I'm just kidding. It is. It is. Yeah. Actually, I will more. say, I do think the Tony Awards is probably, out of the four the Emmy, Grammy, oh, sure. Oscar, Tony, I think the Tony's is the best, because it is, um, they do have actual no performances. Yeah. Also, it's 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 a different kind of celebration, I think. Yeah. I, I, maybe that's not the case. Obviously, I've never mm -hmm. been in person to any of the award shows. We'll just One manifest day. now that I will yeah. be a seat filler. Yeah. But I... Hey, uh, theater wing, invite, uh, <laughs> invite us. Right, invite <laughs> us. Show. But I do, I do think that it is a little bit more communal, and there's something mm -hmm. about the camaraderie. Um, yeah within this kind of Tony award space that is mm -hmm. different from other award yeah. shows. And there could be a variety of reasons and we're not here to dissect award shows. Um, we're here to talk about the 2011 Tonys and I've got some thoughts, Taylor. Yeah, we have thoughts. Um, some things I want to talk about because it's just kind of interesting coincidences. So this, it was just announced yesterday as of recording this that this year's mm -hmm. Tony Awards is going to take place on June 11th, um, 2023. And it's going to be back in a smaller theater, the New York City United Palace. Um, it's which the first time in that theater. Yeah, which is uptown. Mm -hmm. And also I saw a, I think it was like a tweet or an Instagram post of like someone saying like, oh, the theater producers from last year trying to fill the Radio City Music Hall seats. And now this year they're like going to a smaller theater. <laughs> <laughs> like they couldn't fill yeah. all the seats last year, which That's is funny. Fair. So, and the kind of parallel with that, with this ceremony. So as Rachel said, we're talking about the 65th annual Tony Awards. It was held on June 12th, 2011, recognizing the achievement in Broadway productions during 2010 and 2011. This was held at the Beacon Theater, which it has been for a long time, but it was the first year ending the 14 year uh, run right. at Radio City, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. um, so I just think it's interesting that 
this coming year in 2023, we're going to be back in a smaller theater. And also this year, this one that we're talking about today was in a smaller theater. And when we may say small, we don't mean like the booth theater. I mean, it's not right. tiny. It's just smaller than Radio City Music Hall. And it's happened yeah. before. And I think, yeah. you know, I think it. it's, I don't know if it's a reflection on anything besides the fact that they're moving it. Yeah. Well, the Beacon still has, it has 20, almost 2,900 seats. So that's yeah, still, that's, that's a, a big lot. Theater. Yeah. yeah, that's a big theater. Um, this ceremony was hosted by none other than none other Do- than Doogie Hauser himself, uh, <laughs> Neil Patrick Neil Harris. Neil Patrick Harris. No, no Doogie Hauser jokes. I just want to say. Okay. Say that. I I just yeah. I like we I think we need to compartmentalize mm-hmm. the show. Should we walk it through in real time as it happened, or should we talk about the? Is this a commentary now? <laughs> Just, I just want to know how we're going to talk about it because I have literally pages of thoughts and I want to yeah. know, should we talk about Neil Patrick Harris and his hosting? Should we talk about the actual shows <laughs> yeah, or do yeah. we talk about it in the order in which it happened? Well, let's stage? talk broad for a second in, as far as okay. the whole ceremony. Like, what did you I'm think ready. of the structure of the whole show? Like, I actually thought it moved very well and I thought it like went by quick. I actually went by very fast in my opinion. Um, yeah. And I thought the numbers were good. I don't know. What did you think about the show overall? Okay, my big overall notes is <laughs> this was the year for big ensembles. I was I was sitting sure. there and I was watching the show um, and I had the privilege and ability to watch it all the way through at one time, which is very helpful. And yes, which we will provide in the show notes below. Oh, yeah. There is we'll a link. Provide. You have yeah. to watch. First of all, uh, okay, let me go with this yeah. train of thought, and then I have another one. But mm-hmm. I was thinking, I'm actually not sure that I have seen another Tony Awards where almost every performance is a ensemble performance. And, or, if there wasn't, which there was only one non-ensemble performance, which that, yes. that show... Yeah. That show, too, has a ginorm ensemble energy. So yeah. I thought, this was the year for ensembles. And I, I, I want to touch on this again later because I think it's why I struggle mm-hmm. with the end results of best revival and best show um, or best new musical because I think that there's so much similarities in the styles of these shows they're such big ensemble shows that it's like mm-hmm. we're just wham bam bam but i also think that that's why it moved quickly the mm-hmm. other thing is i, I want to say and i'm sure i'll say this again but my some of my friends know that this tony awards is the award show that i will play on repeat like oh really I, I didn't yeah, know yeah yeah at least clips of the performances mm-hmm. if not the whole thing First of all, Neil Patrick Harris does an amazing job. Some of the song he opens with, we'll talk about. Yeah. But I play that frequently. The mm-hmm. How to Succeed in Business performance, I have that starred on my YouTube. Same mm-hmm. with Anything Goes. Same with Catch Me If You Can. So I, this is like the, I will watch that How to Succeed and that um, Anything Goes whenever I'm like, yeah. It's my go-to YouTube moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well, and something we've talked about on the show before is, of course, watching these. I re- I literally remember watching this live. 
I didn't really yeah. know much about Book of Mormon back then, um, but it was fun to even I remember watching and learning more about it. Like this was mm-hmm. one award show where I actually learned about the show after because of the Tony Awards, which was fun. Yeah. Um, but I definitely remember watching all this entire like every I remember watching it. It was like deja vu. I was like, wait. I definitely have seen this before. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. But it's such a fun yeah, it's such a fun, breezy award show. And Neil Patrick Harris does such a good job. Um as far you know, he does a lot of different joke things. Of course the opening number. I mean we can jump into it too. That I mean yeah, right away that uh, that opening number is so fun. And so and crowd he does a lot of crowd work. Obviously we saw <laughs> The crazy crowd. Who staged the opening number? So the opening number, I'm not sure if it's titled this, but I'm going to say it's titled this. Not just for gays anymore. The yeah. theater's not. I was just trying for gays to figure anymore. out who wrote it, but I couldn't find it anywhere. So writing is one thing because the the lyrics are funny, but it's and the music is good, but the staging of it, the choreography. Neil Patrick Harris has a quick change into an outfit and back into his original outfit. Yeah. So he has two quick changes on the stage. He goes around and talks to the audience and there's supposedly like they're supposed to be improvising. And then the fourth wall breaks <laughs> with one of them, which I think is it's so incredible. funny. She needs her yeah. cue card and it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so it says here, there's a New York Times article. Maybe we'll link it in the show notes. Not just for gays, the year Tony's dared to go there. How Adam Schlossinger and his writing partner created what may be the most outrageous opening number the broadcast has ever seen. It's so So this funny. was written I mean, in 2020, which is so funny. But it's it's so funny and I I'm I don't mm-hmm. know what the backlash was at the time. I you know, in this 2022 lens, I can imagine right. that people would be like that's not appropriate. But you have to understand that like first of all Neil Patrick Harris is partnered with a man he is also gay so he's making a joke about the theater community and we're all in on it it's Mm -hmm. all very Mm -hmm. funny and he's making a joke and a lot of the things that he says is you know not to be taken seriously and Mm -hmm. i find that that's great and he's trying to say that they're expanding their diversity by opening up to straight people and (laughs) non-intellectual people and it's just really funny it's so funny i don't know it's also just like really well done i do want to say adam slashinger who wrote it with his partner um actually sadly died of coronavirus in april of 2020 so that's really sad that's really sad i know i just want to we want to yeah uplift this number because he did such a great job writing it was it. It, yeah so yeah. well done uh, and also very to the voice of neil patrick harris like we talk about how him. yeah so written for him uh so this was the second time he had hosted he's hosted i think, f- I think four well, or five I times yeah i think it's i think it's four but he's done the emmys twice he's done the academy awards which they made a joke about, which was funny. The thing with him and him funny. and Hugh was so great. Was so good. And yeah, he had a really, whole really, song with Hugh Jackman. It was one of the first times I was not annoyed with Hugh Jackman's voice. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so funny because I really, when you're watching, so they do a bit and it's a a little more than halfway through the yeah. show, and Hugh Jackman comes on to present something, and they start talking, and then they end up singing all. Uh, like a mel- medley of songs related mm-hmm. to how they're 
you know, who's better, but then they end up complimenting each other at the end. And I find that really so wholesome. Yeah. And it's so good. And they're doing this, they're singing and they're dancing. But it was that moment where I realized like Hugh Jackman is actually really good at dancing. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. know that because I saw Music Man, but like it was, it should have been evident to me in this 2011 <laughs> Tony Awards yeah. where I was like, oh, actually he's pretty good. And well, I felt even watching he wasn't the that opening- pretentious. When Hugh Jackman opened or did the Academy Awards, he does a dance yeah. number and it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. He's, but, I mean, it was good. It was cute. It was a cute little number. Yeah. Yeah. I will say this was also the year of Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. And there were many, <laughs> many, many, many Spider-Man jokes. All of them, I think, <laughs> you know, not, not so um, contrary to the actual show, maybe all stuck the landing. <laughs> <laughs> no my favorite was that um neil patrick harris came out and said i yeah. it's too low of a blow for me to like just continually make mm-hmm. spider-man turn off the dark joke so i'm gonna make them in these 30 yeah. seconds and so he does and it's really great and then you have bono yeah come that was out. Such you a have great YouTube. bit youtube you have youtube yeah, come bono out and the edge and, come out and yeah. they're the people who wrote the music for the the show and for Spider-Man, turn off the doc- dark. And I want you to know that this is, I'm going to make sure I get this right. This is June 12th, 2011. Yeah. And Spider-Man, turn off the dark had started previews sometime in, in November. Oh, it was no, November. In was November oh of gosh. 2010. Oh my goodness. And it was opening, they said like, because this is on a Sunday, on Tuesday, right? Yeah. So then yeah. they were, they final they pushed back opening dates. Which we know there's all this stuff about it, but they were going to open and officially did open June 14th, so two days later, 2011, which is crazy because they thought they would be nominated for Tony Awards or mm-hmm. at least one award, mm-hmm. but they weren't because they did not open yet. Yeah. Yeah. Insane. Also Longest preview period in Broadway history, 182 history. performances. Isn't that insane? Insane. Yeah. And it was postponed. Yeah. But I will say, you know, I, I Spider-Man Turn of the Dark has a special place in my heart probably because of this, but the performance wasn't giving. Like every other performance during the Tony Awards, so they had a performance, but every other performance I felt like gave so much and it was so good. Mm-hmm. And then this, I just was like, you've lost, you lost me. <laughs> I can't see anything. And I don't know if it's because the staging was weird or the lighting was bad, but yeah. I just felt absolutely no energy from either of them, which was really disappointing. Even well, though also Jennifer. they've been in preview so long. They're probably sick of singing these numbers. I just want to say that. Um, oh, also I, Jennifer Damiano, who plays Mary Jane is probably one of my favorite Broadway voices mm-hmm. in the last 15 years. And she sounded, unfortunately, maybe it was just she couldn't hear the music, but she kind of sounded a little pitchy, which is, like, such a bummer. It was such a bummer. It was, like, we've hyped it up with all of this. You know the idea that, like, bad press is still press? Yeah. But, like, bad press, and we've hyped it up for so many months in some way, shape, or form. It had gotten so much press. Bad Mm -hmm. press, mostly. Yeah. Bad Cinderella press. (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, and it was, it just didn't, it didn't hype, it didn't do anything, and it was, it just was so sad. 
Yeah. Well, that's a good segue. We can talk about the performances. I mean, you kind of talked about it already at the beginning, you know, saving the how to succeed and anything goes. But what were your what what were some? So, I mean, I guess actually. Okay. Well, okay, I will. But let's before we we haven't even talked about. So these these the shows that are being nominated this year, because they're really I would say this whole Tony Awards we talk about sweeps a lot of the time this i feel like both the play and the musical swept the entire thing like they didn't like Mm -hmm. and then uh, the revival of the play also swept a little bit in some of the performing but anyway so for best play okay we have we have the mother the mother with a hat (laughs) the mother with a hat um we have (laughs) i i and the whole time I was watching it, I was like, wait, isn't it the mother fucker with a hat? I was like, I'm pretty sure it's that. I'm like, you, I'm, it's I'm, so I'm funny because I also had to Google it because at yeah. some point I was like, maybe I just didn't know. Yeah. Well, and I was like, wait, and this is very confusing. Anyway, Jerusalem, Good People, and then War Horse. And then we, for Best Musical, we have The Book of Mormon. We have Catch Me If You Can. We have The Scottsboro Bro- Boys, which was amazing. Amazing. And Sister Act. And then Best Revival, we have The Normal Hearts. We have Arcadia, The Importance of Being Earnest, and The Merchant of Venice. And then Best Revival, we have Anything Goes and How to Succeed. In business without really trying. Um, we so we also don't have, have a lot of shows, in my opinion, no, no. nominated. I mean, this is yeah. to give you, um, you know, most of the time in our current Tony Awards, there's five best musical mm. nominations and five best play nominations. And and yeah. I will say, yeah. you know, what's I, I think really fascinating that 17 plays opened on Broadway during this season and only eight of them are here. Yeah. Well, it was interesting too, cause they talked about it. Didn't they talk about how it was like the highest grossed Broadway year in history mm-hmm. or in something? History. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's also kind of crazy. And I wonder if it's just because of the people who were on Broadway at the time, there's a lot of star power happening. I mean, I think you have to remember that the economic crisis was ending or we were making amends with the 2008 financial crisis we were bouncing back there was more stability we were not in a presidential election year Mm -hmm. um and all those things make a difference and people were coming back to new york and people want to see musicals and Mm -hmm. i i i think and i'm gonna stand by this even though i have no statistical evidence at least with the musicals, more people, random people, people who would never want to go see a musical, want to see a musical based off of a movie and or that they know and or want to see a musical where it's entertaining, quote unquote. Every single one of the, the shows, best musical and best revival of a musical, all of those are that. A, like people know them. Most of them. All of people know the story of them besides Book mm-hmm. of Mormon. They yeah. know the story of them. And or they have big ensemble. It's catchy. Yeah. That's yeah. things and well, things spread thing. like that. It's so much harder to get and people then, to come to a musical. Yeah. At least, and then even they don't know about. And then even the Book of Mormon was like such a massive colossal hit because it just right. it I think it just hit in a way where 
people just ran with it. And I think it could have, it's, it's such an interesting thing because I think it could have been a failure, but it just, I don't know. It just like struck, it just like came at the right time, I guess. I don't know. Um, right. It's very and I interesting. Think when you, when you think about what people had been through with the, you know, financial crisis, and then people mm-hmm. are like feeling good. They want to feel good. They want to go to a show and they want to feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my favorite performance, I will say. Okay, yes. I'm yes. ready. Tell me, tell me, tell um, me. I, there's a lot of shows in here I love. I do love The Book of Mormon. I do love Catch Me If You Can. That Anything Goes performance is iconic. The, there's a great slice. performance video of Jonathan Groff, of course. I think we've talked about this, maybe. Of, like, oh, God. I love that. Entire... We have to put he this knows... link in the show yeah. notes. Oh, it's yeah, my we will. Favorite. He knows, like, the entire top number. But mm-hmm. I will say my absolute favorite performance, smiling from ear to ear the entire time, singing along because I know the song, was mm-hmm. How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. Yeah. 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 It was the best and i think also just as a male that did musical theater i think i have mm-hmm. a soft spot for men doing musical theater <laughs> like newsies <laughs> and <laughs> how to succeed like watching all these like guys and yeah. like it looks cool like what they're doing like it really does yeah. look like impressive and cool and also freaking daniel Radcliffe is a badass and <laughs> He, like, why was he not nominated? I don't understand. We already understand. said the F word, yeah. but yeah. so I won't say it again, otherwise explicit rating. But he effing slayed. Like, yeah. Yeah. he, I, I I will kid you not that this is my favorite yeah. thing to watch from a Tony yeah. Awards. I'm I, like, hands down. I know I will watch the Anything Goes More because I love the tap number, but right. he slays this number. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. If you watch nothing else, please watch this. This is the first performance. Here's a little bit of background. Are you ready? I'm ready. So just on Daniel Radcliffe in this moment. So he's been in Equus already, mm-hmm. but which is, there's a joke about Equus later. And I found that hysterical. Um, but great joke. It was great. But uh, he, so this is 2011. He started, um, in December, or I think he started, I can't remember, sometime in 2010 or early 2011. That's right. He started early 2011 in this role. The end of filming for Harry Potter forever with Daniel Radcliffe was December 2010. But mm-hmm. part two of of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows came out right. In 2011. Yeah. Yes. This month. The month, oh, almost this month. I think either the month before or this month. Yeah, July. Performing. Well, July, the month after. Oh, the July month 11. after. So yeah. people still see him. He's in the midst of being seen still as Harry Potter. And I know that he knows that. And it is, he leaves nothing left. Uh, like, he just mm-hmm. leaves it all on the effing stage. He really does. Yeah. And there's this And honestly, a good PR move, like, to do that it's at the same so, time. Like <laughs> so good. And it's so yeah. good because he... Uh, it's so fitting that we're talking about this because Merrily We Roll Along just opened this week. Another coincidence. I was going to bring this up. Yes. Yeah. And 
Daniel Radcliffe was great in Harry Potter, and I am a Harry Potter fan, and we can talk about the drama that is Harry Potter and also how the fandom, but he was born to be on the stage. And I am yeah. not I am not more convinced than in this moment on the Tony Award stage in Rockefeller, like in, in Music City. What? Hello? Not in Rockefeller. Radio City Music Hall. I know. He's not in Radio City. He's at the Beacon. Oh, he's at the Brook Theater. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, he's on the stage. <laughs> and he is eating every moment up. Yes, yes, I agree. I wanted to say there's this one point in the in the the dance where he knows it and he it's a moment where they turn to the front and they kind of sashay forward and mm-hmm. it is giving Every yeah, yeah. single thing. Yeah. I just want to also watch that little end part. The choreography is amazing. I don't know why oh, it didn't yeah, work. I understand sure. that um, anything goes is amazing, but I think this choreography was a little bit better in my opinion. Because I mean that tap number so long. I get it. She won just for the tap number, but yeah. but that. The, but also the, the like the yeah. like monkey arms almost. The, the, do you know what I'm talking about? The little oh, like, yeah. yeah yeah. It's so good. <laughs> it's so it's, good. Also, so the fact that he's so good. short makes it even better. Like, I know. I know. Yeah. He's running also, all over that stage. <laughs> no, I know. And he sounds great. Like, his his tone is he's so amazing. He's great. It's so amazing. He is, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. He yeah. was born for this. How like, was I he am not so nominated. convinced. The biggest snub of the entire year. I'm like, why I, was he not nominated? I agree that I cannot believe he wasn't nominated yeah. for that role. Yeah. He was Like, there was a joke so about it, and I'm good. like, uh, yeah, Voldemort would have been upset about it. <laughs> yeah, he's just... Yeah. He, yeah, he deserved to at least be nominated. This is also coinciding with my wife and I have actually been doing a Harry Potter rewatch marathon this past week. And we are just uh-huh. now on Ooh. Deathly Hallows part one. And so. as soon as I turned this on, because I kind of forgot that this performance and I was like, oh, Harry, Harry Potter's here. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Amazing. Also, have I and told you, you the story about He's really how to succeed? Oh, yes. I've heard good things about Miracle Workers. No, tell me um, about how to succeed. Well, I saw all, it, but not with not with Daniel Radcliffe. Yes, you saw it with with Darren Chris. No, no the Jonas Nick. boy. You saw it, the Jonas boy. Yeah, which I'm he sad was. About it. How he was, was how was that? He was good. Oh, I mean, he was good. He can. Yeah. So it was. He was good. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, first of all, I do want to say how to succeed. The one of ten ten musicals that one has won a Pulitzer Prize, which is mm-hmm. insane. Mm-hmm. And crazy. I always forget that. Like that's like the one I always forget about. I because I know a lot of the other ones, but then I'm like, oh yeah, I had to succeed. Won a Pulitzer Prize. That's right. Um, I had a friend who went and saw Daniel at the time saw Daniel Radcliffe in How to Succeed, and right after, um, Brotherhood of Men. You know how right? Have I told you this story? I don't know if I have. Mm-mm. I don't think but so. right, you know that like pause right after a number is done, and then there's like a pause, and then the clapping starts. So mm-hmm. right, the number had ended, and right during that pause, my friend told me that someone stood up and shouted, ten points for Gryffindor!" And then the whole no. audience like erupted, and apparently like no. every everyone on the stage like broke character, and everyone just no. And Daniel Radcliffe like cannot keep it in, and yeah, and oh my they, gosh, 
they were like it was like the most amazing moment i've ever experienced that would be so funny and also i think i would be so annoyed right this is part of what i i think i mean that's also amazing i would love to it's amazing yeah. I think that it's this is just a testament to his ability to do really like th- he just continues to himself. I've heard merrily we roll along is incredible. Yeah. First well, of all, also his castmates weird are freaking amazing. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's yeah. he right. Yes. I just I have a lot of thoughts. I do think that that was my favorite performance. Yeah. The anything goes is my Mo- probably my most watched, but my most surprising because I it's been a while since I've watched this Tony Awards all the way through was I forgot how much love the Scottsboro Boys, and what was interesting they're the fourth performance of the night mm-hmm. so I think so maybe they're the third performance mm-hmm. what was the second performance catch me if you can anyway no I think catch they, me was three yeah so they go and I yeah. I just. What caught me this time, besides Joshua Henry being the absolute finest human I've ever seen, laid my eyes on, but he, the, yeah. this cast, um, like it's been closed since December 12, 2010, the yeah. show, and yeah. it's just starting to go on tour. I think it starts to go on tour in September, maybe in August. Where mm. the, he- how, what the heck? So they mm. were, they had to go back run the vocals make sure everyone was not in a contract yeah. come back to the stage stage it find the mm-hmm. sets that they were going to use for this show and Which make the sure set that was they... really cool it was a really cool it set. was cool i just wanted yeah. to that's my most surprising and props to them for pulling mm-hmm. it together and it's once again mm-hmm. an ensemble song and it's so good so it's so good, good. Although Joshua, again, Josh, another coincidence, Joshua Henry now is currently going to be in that Beauty and the Beast live as Gaston, and of I'm course crying. in Into the Woods, which did you, side note, did you see those pictures of the Beast outfit? Of the and, Beast? No, I can't. I have PTSD. The Beast, the Beast, like, freaking, I don't even know, weird animatronic, like, I don't even know. It just... Josh Groban is like being eaten by his own costume. I don't even know. I don't even know. I'm like, I saw it and I was like, what the heck are we doing? Come on. It's amazing. John M. Chu is producing that. And I'm like, come on, John M. So Chu. You can, be, it you can do better. It should hopefully be okay. We'll yeah. see. He's got a lot on we his will mind. See. He does have a lot on his mind. <laughs> That's right. Um, but yeah, it, that was also a great, uh, Joshua Henry really can, his voice literally was, he was singing notes that I was like, what? How do you do that? It only yeah. played two months on Broadway, but did, um, receive 12 nominations, but didn't win any, unfortunately, but that, I know. it was the didn't second most any. nominated show. Isn't that crazy? crazy? So, yeah. and this is, this is when, well, sorry, I'm really on a high horse. It's because oh, I wrote good. notes, but I think this is when I, this is when winning Tonys matters. The like people, normal people know what Book of Mormon is probably, mm-hmm. but normal people probably don't know the musical of Scottsboro Boys. So. True. It's a pretty specific, I think even maybe some specific theater people might not even know, remember it. Yeah, that's there. Even we were, before we were recording, we were talking about the Spring Awakening doc, which everyone should go and watch on HBO Max. If you have. And they, yeah. If, yeah. And because even if you have, go and watch it again. 
<laughs> and it is just they talk about on that um, in the documentary about how the Tony Awards saved Spring Awakening. I mean, if the, if it had not mm. won any awards, it would have closed immediately. And because yeah. it was already heading on a downward, like they were playing to like 400 people in a 1200 seat theater. Like, so it's crazy. Well, let's talk about some of the, win- I mean, we talk about the, the show as a whole and our per- the performances yeah. we love the awards as a whole. I mean, listen, we can, I mean, we've, when we talk about Tony awards where shows have swept, we, I mean, obviously people listening to this probably know that the book of Mormon did sweep that year and also War Horse was kind of the other big winner. Um, puppets. That year. Yeah. Puppets. Rachel loves the puppets. I really British. loved when they... Yeah, the horses are British. When they... <laughs> actually, no, because Marion Elliott made it very clear in her acceptance speech that oh, this gosh. was an all-American cast oh, playing British people. Gosh. So I just I want to make that clear. The puppets were not British. But the puppeteers were British. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't think so because no, they're the all American. people who made the puppets. The people oh, who made oh, oh, the puppets. Right, I see. I don't see. worry, they got a special Tony Award. Yes, that is true. I love in that little because they would they did clips of like the plays like in front of their theater. Yeah, wait, let's and, talk about that really quickly because I like the Warhorse one was so cute because it had the horse there and he was like, like nuzzling up to the actor. It was really cute. <laughs> So the talk a lot about how musicals get a lot of love on Tony mm-hmm. Award Day because they yeah. get to perform. But what I loved about this year was that there was an actor who was in all of the nominated best plays. Um, and they told the story about what the show was about while clips behind them were going. And it was a pre-recorded mm-hmm. video. Yeah. But it just was so it was so good and like we it the it's the least we can do and I think we should do it. So anyway. Yeah. I also love when they show clips of the I actually would love if they brought back doing the like scenes yeah. from the shows. I think it would yeah. be incredibly beneficial for those plays to yeah. do little scenes from them, but you know. I want to talk briefly about the best performance by a featured actress in a musical. Do it. Oh, so such a great the, one. Because, yeah. uh, first of all, because of the people who are nominated, and then also because of who won in their accepted speech. So, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, the nominees were, speaking of divas, Patti Lapone uh, <laughs> from Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. Which I think is just her life now. <laughs> <laughs> it's her life now. But she remember, yeah. she's not doing equity work. Right, right. That's a non-equity um, production. So, non-equity life. production. <laughs> Victoria Clark in Sister Act. Currently incredible. in Kimberly Akimbo, which I'm hearing is incredible. incredible. Like everyone's saying it's amazing. Yeah. 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 Tammy Blanchard in How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying, recently seen in um, Little Shop of Horrors on Bravo. Mm-hmm. Laura Benanti, or Benanti, however you want to say her last mm-hmm. name. Uh, Woman on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown also. And then Nikki M. James from the Book of Mormon. And Nikki ends up taking the win. And she so clearly did not think she was going to win. She very much deserves this win. Although I did not see Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. (laughs) 
the longest show See? title ever. I know. Let me just say, <laughs> Woman on the Verge <laughs> next to How to Succeed is like the longest title ever. <laughs> Wait, can we just, can we say them together? How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying Woman on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. <laughs> Or wait, let's do it the other way. Yeah, yeah. Women on the verge of a nervous breakdown, how to succeed in business without really trying. Yeah. That way actually made more sense. How to succeed in that. business with a woman on the verge of a nervous breakdown. <laughs> Every day at work. <laughs> anyway, yes. Uh, Nikki and Jane's the gorgeous bumblebee. Man, she really deserves it. Not that she didn't. I know she did. I've listened to that soundtrack many a time. Oh, she's so good. And also a speech that has stuck with me. I definitely remember. I remember that yeah. Bumblebee, that comment. Like, it's one that yeah. will be stuck in my brain for a long time. Definitely one of the most memorable speeches. Although I will say, um, mm-hmm. John Larroquette, who won Best Performance by a Featured Actor in a Musical, who also, I think, did not think he was going to win. I think another one that was like... I don't I don't know. No. But I liked his speech a lot because it was like short and sweet but also had funny moments and also some like sweet moments and I liked that a lot. Yeah. I honestly think yeah, the Book of Mormon good. guys, Trey Parker, Robert Lopez and Matt Stone who all wrote Book of Mormon and directed Book of Mormon, they were just so sick of going up there. <laughs> like, not sick of going up there, but they were just like, okay, what else can we say? I don't know. The first time they went up there, <laughs> no. it was fine, but then they no. were like, what do we yeah. say? And also, um, I was so surprised they yeah, kept it was Best something. Original Score out of the telecast. I was like, what? <laughs> okay, I wanted to briefly talk about that because I wrote down, and here is l- verbatim what my notes say. They don't fully show best score, dot, dot, dot. Did Lin-Manuel Miranda change the way they televised this? Question mark. Because I was trying Ooh. to think, have I seen in recent years from 20, like, you know, 2010 to now, uh, or maybe a little bit before then, them televised best original score? And the only time I can remember that is with the year of Hamilton. Well, it also was televised when he won for In the Heights. So, so it's just I Lynn. just have a question. No, I just, I do, I do wonder about this. I mean, because mm-hmm. now, to me, not not doing best original score is terrible. It feels not yeah. tele- not putting that on the cast feels well. And this terrible. year, it wasn't either when Six won. It was not televised. I know. Yeah, I know. Again, Book of Mormon okay. took like best orchestrations, best direction, nine. nine Tony Awards, Best Sound Design. I mean, they kept winning. And then War Horse. I feel like every of the commercial awards were like War Horse. War Horse. Book of Mormon. War Horse. (laughs) I will say Book of Mormon. So at the end of the day, Book of Mormon was nominated for 14. Yeah. And it took home nine. Mm -hmm. War Horse was nominated for five and it took home five. Yeah. So better odds, I guess. Yeah, so you yeah. do wanna. I don't wanna. But say also, that. they had a normal heart took home three. Book of Mormon did have multiple performances in one category, so yeah, they couldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah nominations. Um, yeah. best performance by a leading actress in a musical. Nominations are Donna Murphy for the people in the picture, Patina Miller Sister Act. Such a great, such a great Miller. performance. Oh. So great. I know. We love her. She was great. I think yeah. she's actually only gotten better. I, her voice was I a agree. little like nasally in this for some reason. And maybe it was just like 
the mixing or like the sound was weird or I don't know. But or maybe she just like was having an off day. But her Into the Woods like the voice oh, in the, her Into the Woods album is so incredible. Gosh. It's like she's only she's just amazing. And yeah. then also her and Pippin, which comes a couple years later, I, is also I was just amazing. gonna say that because yeah. I do I do think she gets better with time. Yeah. And she was already started on a high level. Yeah. Um, Beth Level and Baby It's You. And then winning is, of course, Sun Foster, Anything Goes. As, As Reno Sweeney, Sweeney, you know, we talked about this in our deep dive, Sun Foster deep dive, which you guys should go back and listen to. Yeah. Um, but I think she was the two roles she's won the Tony for, which were Millie and Reno. I mm-hmm. think they're deserve it like super deservedly so. She she's it. she's great in everything, but I think those two at least so far, those two specific roles are just like such powerhouses. In my opinion, she deserved it just even after her performance at the Tony Awards. But mm-hmm. I think what was interesting to me and or a bit surprising and now this is hindsight, but Sutton is right. nowadays and I think a little bit more reserved about her press and what she does because of her child or children. Does she have two children or just one? I think she just has one. Okay. But of course she does press for shows that she's in, but she's not willy nilly with her words. And in this acceptance speech, it just felt like she was just throwing things everywhere. And she was doing it with such like love and she names all of her, teachers and i think yeah. that that's really great in her person who does her costuming she's crying or and it's so sweet but i also think it's very interesting her love her romance is mentioned mm-hmm. um she mentions who she's dating and their son and i just find that very interesting as well she just she just was a little bit more unhinged than i feel sutton is now and which is totally fine it just was funny yeah, she also may not have expected to win. I mean, maybe she did, but it's funny to watch. How do you not watch... expect to win? I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. But if you watch her. She killed it. Her face yeah. when they announce her name. it I can't tell if it's like a, uh, I'm, I knew this was coming or a, oh, I'm surprised. So, I don't yeah. know. But it is interesting because she, the uh, the person she's married to now, Ted Griffin, who is not the person she was dating at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, yeah, it's very interesting. It seems like it's, uh, it's a very, it was a very interesting relationship. <laughs> it does. See, yeah. and that's why yeah. I was like, this yeah. is interesting. And right when she gets called, she like starts to get up and then she's like, oh wait, I need to kiss my boyfriend. And then she goes and kisses him. <laughs> I was like, this is more uncomfortable than the time that she and Christian are smiling at each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So funny. And they were um, married. It's true. Those youngins. Oh, my goodness. Um, And then we, of course, go on to best performance by a leading actor in a musical. Mm -hmm. What a great category, honestly. I think I maybe would have taken out one person for Daniel Radcliffe, but that's just me. But (laughs) I mean, Tony Sheldon, I will say I saw Tony Sheldon in Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. This is Mm -hmm. and. He was amazing. So I'll I'll say the nominees. So Tony Sheldon and Priscilla Queen of the Desert. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Rannells in The Book of Mormon. Joshua Henry, my, the love of my life, in The Scottsboro Boys. 
Josh Gad, which was so oh, oh he's crying goodness. at one point yeah. during it, and it's so cute. Yeah. In the Book of Mormon, Norbert Leo Butts, Norbert Leo Butts, finally his Tony. Yeah, this is actually, I believe, yeah. his. I think but, it's his second Tony. It's his second yeah, Tony. Yeah. It is, yeah. but it's been a minute. Mm-hmm. Also, I want to say, I just, I know we've talked yes, about yes. Daniel Radcliffe being snubbed. I know that we've, I know we've talked about him being snubbed, Daniel Radcliffe, but in my heart of hearts, the other person who is snubbed, both in the performance, like he doesn't, why is he not singing more in the performance? And second of all, in any, in any nominations is Aaron Tavay. Like where, yeah. why isn't he here? Mm-hmm. He kills it as yeah. Frank Abinale Jr. Also, um, what's her name? Why can't I think of her name? Um, C- Carrie Butler. Carrie Butler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Currently, or is she back? Play- no, she's not. But she uh, previously playing in Beetlejuice. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think she is still in it. I think she is still I, in it. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. I couldn't remember. Yeah. Um, yeah, she was also great. Yeah, the Aaron Tveit thing is interesting because I don't think so. He was not. He was not nominated. Next normal, he's not nominated. Yeah, that's crazy. He's not nominated. I know. That's crazy that it took to. So his first time being nominated. I don't even think Moulin Rouge. Like Moulin Rouge is obviously great. I mean, I haven't seen it, but I'm sure he's amazing in it. But I mean, have that's you normal? Okay, have you seen the clip of him singing Roxanne? Yeah, yeah. Slay me, lay me down, and slay me. Like it is so good. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. I also saw it in person. He's so good. Yeah. But no, but, he he should have been nominated in next true. to normal. Is true. the original yeah. thought process here? True. True. Yeah. Th- so as far as getting back to this this uh, sorry category, yes. too. No, no, no. I totally agree. I do think Aaron Tveit should have been nominated here. But he's definitely a snub. I do wonder. I love Norbert Leo Butts, and I think his his performance was great as far as you know clips I've seen and things like that. But I don't know Josh Gad. <laughs> like, how incredible would it have been if he had won? Like, he's already actually, become such a star. But like, yeah, I yeah. Don't know. I mean, even Andrew not winning this is shocking right. to me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, and double... they thought he was going to win, which is why he sang that song. Because mm-hmm. I wrote mm-hmm. down another question on my piece of paper, which was, why didn't they do a big number? And then yeah. I came back, circled back around, was like, because they thought he was going to win. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder if just both of them being in the category, maybe they like split votes, maybe? I don't know. Um, I don't know how. I don't know how the voting works for it, but... Often yeah. in like the Academy Awards, that happens when there's two people nominated from one thing, they kind of split the vote and then it goes to someone else. So I don't know if that's what it was, but I mean, also the, it's both, I mean, obviously Andrew Vanell's character of Elder Price is the lead, but it's kind of both of their show. So they're yeah. like both the lead. So it's hard to be like, obviously, and also they both got nominated for lead. So right. I think if Josh Gad had been nominated for supporting, he probably would have won. Yeah, but, I agree. Or featured. Featured, yeah. yeah I, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, We see the late and great Robin Williams come mm-hmm. out and present. And Wonderful. that was just, that was so funny. Yeah, his Spider-Man <laughs> joke was so good. And it was, and it hit too. Um, Angela Lansbury also 
the amazing Angela Lansbury. She's on there talking Mm -hmm. about the American Theater Wing, and it was just, uh, I I actually cried. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When she came on stage, because her uh, voice is just like I want her to like read me a storybook to go to sleep. I know, like. I know. Um, I found it interesting that the in memoriam there this pa- this year people who passed um, were Elizabeth Taylor, and mm. then Joseph Stein, the person who wrote Fiddler on the Roof, and Jerry Bach, um, and Jerry Bach. Yeah, and okay. I just I found that 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 was significant. Yeah. Um, who also wrote Fiddler on the Roof, Jerry Bach. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Two other things that maybe are maybe more discussion points. Chris Rock comes out at the very end to present Best Musical. Incredible. And he makes this terrible joke about equating waiting for Best Musical for this year as like taking out a prostitute for dinner when you right. know what's going to happen after dinner. You don't have to take them out for dinner. Mm-hmm. And I was just like... I just don't feel like this is necessary <laughs> or yeah. how some of the other people feel like mm. I, at this point we knew that book of Mormon was going to win best musical. Right. I'm sure because they had already won all of the others. They had won eight before this, mm-hmm. but I just felt like what was the joke if it was, I don't know. I didn't like it. Um, so, and then my last point is Neil Patrick Harris doing a rap and I was like, this is interesting. Did you not remember the rap? I mean, I thought I remembered it and then I was like, maybe I blocked it out because I hated it. But then I was like, but this was actually like freestyle of Supreme white version. Oh my gosh. I I loved it so much. It's like one thing that's so (laughs) seared in my brain of knowing this performance. So I don't, so do you know the story about the rap? No, I don't. Please tell me. So Harris, so it was, the rap was notable. So this is on the Wikipedia page, but so it's a little, you know, it's in well worded sentences is what I'm trying to say. The rap was notable because Lin-Manuel Miranda and Tommy Kale wrote the lyrics during the show. They wrote the entire rap during the show. I might have remembered this because we, how do we? Were they showing this at one point? There was so there was a photo or a video. Of there's something. a video of Lynn okay. and Tommy on Lynn Manuel's um, okay. YouTube page, which I will That's we will put right. in the show notes. That's right. Of them okay. trying to write it during the show, and um, they wrote it in 80 minutes while writing. Miranda and Kill created all the lyrics, and Harris, aided by a teleprompter, learned and performed the rap without rehearsal. And he only messes up once. He only messes up once. Yeah, which is incredible because in the there's like moments because it cuts throughout the video cuts to certain places of when they're writing, and there's one part where Neil comes in and he's like reading it through and he messes up the the part where he's talking about like Sutton Foster tapping and he messes it up like two times in a row and he's like, oh my gosh, I need to, and then he gets it, (laughs) but. It's so good. That's amazing. Um, I freaking love this rap. I think it's incredible. I think obviously, <laughs> like, who else would do this except Lynn? Like, he's the savior. Yeah, it was very Lynn right now. No, yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's just, it's just like another. It's like one of those things. And I believe they he won an Emmy for this rap. I mm-hmm. believe. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Yeah. I do know that. Yeah. 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 Which is just like. 
like it's just more i don't know and also that video just brings that's one of it's funny one of those things that i'll go back and watch i'll just watch the behind the scenes video of them writing it i love that and there's a part where nikki m james comes back and and he and he's like oh my gosh i'm so happy for you and they're like uh, it's so great. i love yeah, that i know that's it's so, so wonderful sweet. yeah oh so my sweet. gosh okay so here's how i want to end this because i okay. obviously we knew that we were talking about the year of book of mormon and i have actually seen the book of mormon i i don't think you have yeah i have oh you have i didn't but know not that. on broadway yes yeah, i've I seen not it seen twice it on broadway. but i've not seen i didn't it know this oh my goodness yeah. you've seen so many shows i saw it one week i'll be like you've seen this and you're like no and then another week i'll be like have you i know you haven't seen this and you're like no i have to I be clear say, i haven't seen scottsboro boys does that help true. you well i will say the Book of Mormon is one of those rare shows where it did not do any previews. Or, I'm sorry. It did do previews. It did not do any Tryout. out of town. It went straight to New York. I don't know many shows that did that. Yeah. Wild. And South wild. Park. Wild. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And huge hit. It's grossed so many billions of dollars. It's done so many tours. Gavin Creel has been on in it, but Ben Platt, it, it made Ben Platt into a name a little bit because he did mm -hmm. it in Chicago. So obviously it's huge. Obviously it created Andrew Reynolds and Josh Gad into the stars that they still are today. I mean, they're still mm -hmm. working. Nicky M. James is kind of still working. Roy O'Malley, of course, went on to do Hamilton. Oh, love him. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then also, for those that don't know, the general in the performance of I Believe on the Tony Awards, that general is Brian Tyree Henry, who, for those that don't know, is, is a huge star right now. He's freaking in a movie with Jennifer Lawrence. He was in Eternals. Yeah. He's, he's, he was in Atlanta. I mean, he's, he's, it's just crazy. Like, that's where he started. And it's it so cool. It is crazy. So anyway. Also, it's the 13th longest running Broadway show. Yeah. And it, I, I mean, you know, now that Phantom's going to close, never say never, but like, it, it could run it's for It's got to surpass longer. some other things. Yeah. Like cats. Yeah, no. But it's it could run for, a, you know, it could, for. I think also because it's a comedy, it could run for a, a lot longer. So there's that. But I will say, so I, I really love this show. I think from mm -hmm. a musical standpoint, this show is, is like, pretty flawless in the sense of like the staging of it's incredible the music is incredible i'm wondering again we're looking at this from our 2022 lens like if book of mormon had come out now like would it be obviously it's still running so like it's not like it's still popular but mm -hmm. like i don't know like there's a lot of things in that show that are like very controversial and very it also run it won a grammy yeah yeah so I don't know. What What do you, I mean, you've seen it twice. Like, what do you think? Do you think this show could survive a 2022 social media, like, lens, like, being, obviously, they've talked about making a movie. I don't know if that's going to happen, but yeah. I don't know. What are you, what are your All thoughts? Right. I, this is a hard question, and I want to, I'm looking at the longest Broadway show list right now, and yeah. I want to pose your question into another question. Um, so Book of Mormon, it seems rent at 11, Book of uh, Jersey 
Jersey Boys. What? Jersey Boys at 12, Book of Mormon at 13, and Miss Saigon at 14. Mm-hmm. Here's what I don't think could make it through 2022 is Miss Saigon. And I... True. I think that there's something about Book of Mormon where I don't know... I don't know if it would have been created in this world that we're in in 2022, but things like The Simpsons and South Park still exist in some way, shape, or form. Comedies like that still exist. Quote, unquote, problematic comedy still exists. Dave Chappelle, for Lord's sake, was hosting SNL this season. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if it would or would not have been created in 2022. What I do know is that there's a big difference between playing into comedy that's controversial and misrepresenting or whitewashing historical or fiction or, you know, fictional Mm -hmm. characters who are actually complex and culturally, you know, not, it's not appropriate for white people to play them or there's a trope or, uh, you know, like in, in, um, shoot thoroughly modern millie where yeah. we've talked about how there there's an asian tropes and that to me you we would have to change we would have to change that because there are problematic things like themes and yeah misrepresentation and and uh, and sexism that are not okay and are not addressed in the show mm-hmm. book of mormon is a comedy course not performed by mormons and there's a lot of very interesting things about white people and native african people in the show you know Mm. it's making light of white saviorism i mean there's a lot of complex things yeah but it's doing it in a way that is comedy centered and not taking it seriously Mm -hmm. but like showing it in a way that we understand that this is serious in nature but also like this is funny Mm-hmm. Um, and different than themes of racism or sexism or other things in a show. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. How for do you, sure. What are, what are, what are your thoughts? Well, of course, but I mean, you know, both of us grew up in Christian culture and I, re- I even yeah. remember Christians ourselves. And I remember this show coming out and it being very controversial, <laughs> within I listened to community. it in my room by myself and, I know <laughs> yes yeah and when I ultimately went and saw the show I was like you know this isn't really a teardown and it, I mean this is maybe my opinion but I've also heard the creators talk about this too because I've listened to interviews with them this isn't really a teardown of just Mormonism or it isn't even a teardown at all it's just kind of a commentary on religion as a whole, um, which I think is interesting. And I think the lessons that you can learn if you're in any religion, which I think is fascinating. And I think if you open yourself to the lessons that they have in the show, I think you actually can learn something, which I think is fascinating. Um, even with all the controversy, not controversy, but you know, um, controversial, um, language that is used in the show, I would say, uh, and yes. yeah, and uh, but also again, like I just go back to like as a musical, it is so incredibly well made, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. 
ultimately i think why it's so successful is because if it wasn't if if this show was not as good as it is i don't think it would be as popular or as well received as it is and it's a cycle too right yeah. because it was so it, first of all people south park fans came to see mm-hmm. and and they support it and then people found out that it was a good show and it did yep. really well and then it freaking won nine tony nomination or time tones so it's like waves of people keep coming back and i think there's a point within a broadway show where it's possible once you make it past a certain number of performances or years that like you i mean i shouldn't say this is phantoms closing but that yeah. like you're you're good because the the crowd the idea of you being there for a long time attracts the crowd and then more in, in generations and more p- different audiences come and and so on. Yeah. I also think people who want to criticize Booker, I just need you to understand where musicals came from and how offensive. Yeah. All kinds of m- musical underlying things are. And start there and then mm. move, move from there into yeah. how the fact that most theater for a long time was satire to to the king. Also, when we're thinking about mm. in in in, uh, in England, it was a middle finger to the government. So mm. I, I think that part of what makes art art is that it is a controversy of some kind. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And uh, I think we can end, end it by the, saying this. Uh, the Book of Mormon has grossed over $500 million. So making it <laughs> one of the most successful musicals of all time. So <laughs> Trey Parker and Matt Stone and Robert Lopez will have money until they die. We'll have yeah. – they're, they're good. And Robert Lopez in particular, who is a freaking – I mean genius, of, of course, going on to write Frozen – and Coco, and then of course writing Avenue Q before this. I mean, it's just he—he's so talented. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy, 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 incredible, what? crazy. Yeah, what a great Tony Awards guy. If you do have a chance, go see Book of Mormon in your town. I think it's worth it. Take your parents. Why not? For no. sure. Um, <laughs> warn your parents. Yeah. Well, what a great Tony Awards. Honestly, so much fun. Everyone should go and so watch it. Much. Put it yes. on in the background. Listen, I was wrapping Christmas presents today and watched oh, it. I so it was wonderful. It. Yeah. So good. Oh, thank oh, you for having so this Tony Awards Thanks, Rewind. Thanks, So fun. Uh, it was so good. It really, yeah. the 2011 Tony Awards hits different. I'm here for True. it. True. All right, Rachel, let's talk about character of the week. Let's do it. So if you're new or if you forgot and have amnesia from last week, (laughs) this is a segment where Taylor and I pick a theater character that we're feeling like for this week. So we think, what are we doing? What have we been up to? And is there a theater character thing, ensemble, etc. that embodies the same kind of feelings, thoughts, and vibes? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The vibes of our week um we would love to hear about what you guys thought of the 2011 tony awards also what your characters are this week so comment on our social media pages tell us who you are this week and you may get a shout out on a future episode rachel are you ready to hear my character this week absolutely please tell me so this week 
as a recording. Listen, also, I do want to say, you know, when this comes out, we are less than a week away from Christmas. Just very exciting. I can't believe it. Yeah. And I believe the day of release of this, and I just want to make sure. Yes, today, the 19th, is the first day of Hanukkah. So happy Hanukkah Yay. to those listeners that celebrate Hanukkah. We love, hope you guys are having a great first day of Hanukkah. Um, yeah. But I do, listen, this week, you know, as of recording this, a couple, you know, we are well into the week, so we've been working, we've been chilling. It's kind of been a kind of chill week, I will say. So just like this character, he seems like such a chill and fun guy. He's always telling uh, Aaron Burr to just chill down a little bit and, you know, Burr, you're the worst. And he's also a Frenchman. So uh, I am uh, oh Marquis de Lafayette. From Hamilton, the the American musical, <laughs> because he's so chill. I'm having a chill week, you know. I'm, I'm that chill um, Frenchman. <laughs> that's amazing. I love that. Yeah, I wasn't you. sure where it's going, but I'm here for it. Thank you, Lafayette. Lafayette. Love it. Exactly, Rachel. Who is your character this week? You know, this week I'm feeling like I took my Adderall, even though I don't take Adderall, <clears throat> but I feel like I did, and I feel very productive, and that reminds me of someone else who is very productive and tells everyone else how they can be the most productive, mm -hmm. and that's J. Pierpont Finch from How to Succeed in Business Without Really Love trying. it. Harry Potter Yay! himself. I know. God, oh, I just want to give him a it. big, big hug. I would, I just, he's just so good. I know. He seems like such I a know. lovely person. I'm waiting for I the, know. for the film version of Cursed Child with him and Emma Watson and Rupert Grint. I just want a pro shot of Marilee to roll along. Is that too much to ask the theater gods True. for? Come on. I mean, we're getting that movie in 20 years with Ben Platt and Beanie, so... In 20 years. It's not soon <laughs> enough. First the uh, Wicked movie. We will do a Theater Nerds reunion when the Marilyn we roll along. You have to wheel me out. out. Yeah, we'll be 45. <laughs> oh, oh, man. I'm so old. <laughs> hey, the Wicked movie is filming, so we're closer than we were yesterday. Uh, good. Yeah. That's the good news. Well, if you guys would like to join in on our discussion on the 2011 Tonys, listen, this Merrily We Roll Along pro shot, listen, get it trending on Twitter, maybe we'll get it. Hashtag trending. Yeah. Uh, and or your characters of the week, let us know. Check us out at theaternerdpod.com, or you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at theaternerdpod, and on Facebook at theaternerdpodcast. Thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you next week. How it's do... not just for gays. It's not just for gays. <laughs> it's not just for gays anymore.